Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we can freely gather in thy house this morning to learn from thy word, Lord, to be encouraged by it. We thank thee already for being able to spend time with it this morning in Bible class, Lord, and uh, pray that thy spirit would continue to teach us in this day, Lord, and we pray that let's have a focus about it. We pray, Lord, for those who are unable to be here today, Lord, those not feeling well, we ask that it's blessed and uplift them, Lord. We especially pray for Roland and ask that thou it's uh, be with him and his family as well at this time, Lord. And uh, we just pray, Lord, for healing, for comfort. Uh, we pray for those dealing with loneliness, Lord, those who are shut-ins. Father, we ask that thou it's blessed and uplift them. And be assured that uh, even when they are home, they are never alone, Lord, and can be in the presence of thee. And we pray that Thou would visit them, but also encourage us, open our eyes, our schedules to remember to visit and to call, especially those of the household of faith as well, Lord. And we pray now that thou would be with us, Lord, guide us in this morning. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I'd like to read this morning out of Second uh, Timothy, Paul's second letter to Timothy, the first chapter. Second Timothy chapter 1, I'd like to <clears throat> uh, read the first 14 verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou wilt stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. You know, as I uh, think today being the, the last day of this year, 2023, and uh, we prepare to start writing a different date tomorrow, usually takes some of us a couple days or weeks to get out of the habit and switching over. Uh, 
you know, we always have a lot to think about at the end of a year as we reflect back at the beginning of a new year as we look forward. Um, you know, we have those sometimes dreaded resolutions we kind of force ourselves to make. Sometimes we look forward to that. We can't wait for, we kind of put in our minds, we can't wait for 2023 to be over so we can start something new as if we can't start something new until January 1st comes. Um, many of us kind of do that. We even tell ourselves maybe three days ago, I, I have three more days of eating like this and then it's going to start or, or three more days of, um, you know, whatever it might be until I set a new goal, um, which I, I think a lot of us kind of probably do. Um, and it's kind of funny if we look at it, it's kind of a psychological thing probably, but it does help us when we do set those goals. Um, and we try to, you know, hopefully come up with as many of us probably heard the term smart goals of making, you know, something attainable, something we can measure, something we can set a certain, you know, times per week or something like that. And in thinking of the new year, um, I've come across a certain number uh, that maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't or, or might know what it pertains to, but, um, and it's not uh, somebody's baseball contract amount. Uh, as Dad mentioned in his sermon uh, a couple weeks ago in Mansfield, looking at, um, you know, we always hear these numbers in the millions of, and a lot of times we do think probably sports figures or salaries, but uh, 31536000 31536000 And um, it's a large number. Um, maybe think about what that could be. 31536000 Seems maybe a bit unfathomable even. Uh, we maybe would think that would be a nice salary if we had it, or maybe even if over a lifetime if we made that much. Uh, but if we think about starting tonight, uh, right after, right when the clock strikes 12, that's how many seconds we all have this year until the end of next year. 31,536,000. And that might be a hard number to think about. Um, so I enjoy numbers and math. But looking at it, we might think of it differently. Uh, it's 8,760 hours. Uh, it's a little more manageable maybe to think about. Or 525,600 minutes uh, for the year. Uh, so we think about, um, you know, when we talk about our finances perhaps and we make a budget, uh, we try to divide things out, um, and we, we often do budget our finances, or it can be a good practice too, uh, especially if, you know, we think of a limited amount that we have of resources, how we're going to spend those, how we're going to lay that out, and, um, and often as a family, we have to think about that, uh, you know, how to make it through the month perhaps, and how to be wise with what God's given us, but what about our time? Do we ever budget our time out? You know, often we assign a place for each dollar to go. Um, and we can also think about that where each of our time, each of our seconds, our minutes, our hours are going to go. And with the money, we think about how it's going to be sent, spent, maybe saved, invested, uh, shared, what to do with it. Um, and the difference is with money, we can earn more money within a certain amount of time, right? Some months are better than others or some weeks or days. Uh, but with time, you can't earn any more time. You can't do something to create more. We can maybe free up time and what we're going to do with it. Uh, but within one month, and uh, something that may be seen as a nice thing or not, I don't know, we're all given in, 
if we all live this whole year, we're all given the same amount of minutes. Now, we have different circumstances that cause us to use those minutes differently, perhaps, uh, but we all are given the same amount. So nobody can say um, this is not equal, that you've been given more time than I have, um, you know, if in one whole day. And uh, so we, we have to look at that and think about that. It's kind of, um, you know, convicting me on how do we think about how we spend it or not. Another thing about time that's different than money is, again, money, we can save it. We can save up for something and use it all at once, right? And you might think I can save up vacation time from work and take a whole week off. That's true. But there's nothing we can do to save time. Sometimes we'd like to do this and then have like a 48-hour long Saturday that we could do something with that time, right? So we can't uh, save it up. So whether we choose to intentionally or not, we spend time. We spend our minutes every day doing something or not doing something. And we can never get it back, right? These last five minutes, we're never going to get back. So uh, we have to think about that and how important our time is. And uh, we can't return it like we can with merchandise that we spend and don't like. right? We can choose to do something differently with our next five minutes when we realize, wow, I just wasted that last five minutes or two hours. So um, that's how time is a little bit differently with money, different than money. And even more so why we should probably focus a little bit more on budgeting our time or spending our time. Uh, money, sometimes we can do things to kind of fix some of our mistakes um, or go back or, you know, but time, once it's spent, it's gone and we, it's not guaranteed. We're going to have more in the future that uh, we're going to get it back. So let's think about how we're spending our time and how will we spend, budget, divide out our time uh, in the new year. <clears throat> As we look at what uh, Paul writes to Timothy here in verse 6 of what we read. It says, Wherefore I put in thee, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting out of my hand. So I, I kind of think of this as stirring up, kind of reigniting um, the gifts that God's given us, encouraging Timothy to, you know, get that fire going again, and uh, hopefully for all of us as well, that we can kind of reignite that fire in us, maybe recommit or make new commitments. Uh, to the Lord in this year, and how we'll, again, spend our time for Him. And uh, even some practical examples, maybe thinking about, you know, how we lay out a week. And as I mentioned, not everybody has, you know, the same situations. I just picked some general numbers as an example. Uh, but perhaps, you know, we spend 40 hours working. If you're in, um, you know, seven, eight-hour-a-day sleeper, that's about 56 hours of sleep uh, for the week, 25 hours you know, maybe of eating, prepping the meals, cleaning up, uh, maybe 12 hours driving in the car. And uh, if that's, you know, maybe a typical week, that's about 133 hours out of 168, which leaves 35 hours left. That's on average five hours a day left over. Of course, there's other things that fill in there. So maybe say we even get down to two to three hours left each day. What are we going to do with that? And what choices are we making with that? And a lot of us probably think like, Boy, to have two to three hours a day extra that I'm, I can choose to do something with seems amazing. And I find myself thinking this or saying a lot of times, like, I don't have time, I don't have this. When I look back, there's probably two to three hours worth of stuff that I did that didn't need to be done. Maybe it was for my own pleasure, for my, for my own laziness, for whatever it might be. The time that I wish I could have got back or, you know, uh, would have caught myself and rearranged my time. 
So what are we going to do with that? And maybe if we don't have time, if we are using every moment for working, for sleeping, for, um, and of course, there are essentials in our lives that we have to do. But what do we do when we, are, when we find ourselves spending too much money or running out of money? Right? A lot of times, um, you know, we, th- we look and say, okay, I need to cut something out, cut something out of the budget or cut something out of our spending, uh, do away with something, right? And what can I take out to free up more money um, so that we can cut out? Of course, we're not going to cut out eating, but maybe we cut out how much we go out to eat where it might cost more um, or cutting out a streaming subscription or or some, something else. So we look and we see, we recognize, we need to cut something out to make this work, what's it gonna be, right? And sometimes um, we should be looking and saying, you know, what can we cut out of our regular spending of time? Maybe what are we doing on a daily basis or once a week or something um, that's not essential for our lives? So maybe that's how much binging of a show we're doing, how much surfing or scrolling uh, you know, we're doing on a screen or liking or commenting, uh, maybe it's, and reading, leisurely reading or, you know, just watching something. Um, maybe it's how much practicing we're doing of some sort of skill. And again, these, these are not all bad things um, to do in general, but when it's consuming so much of our time that we're not leaving time for the Lord, personal time with the Lord, um, then it turns into an issue. And sometimes there's a simple effect of turning the situation around, maybe turning around a phrase or a statement. Oftentimes, uh, we might come across individuals, or we might be the individual that says, well, I, I can't do this tonight. Um, you know, I, I have practice to go to, or I need to work on this, or I need to work, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm too busy, I don't have time. And, um, you know, we kind of say, sorry, church family, I can't come because we have basketball practice tonight, and my team needs me, right? And, and we don't always like to turn around the situation. It makes us uncomfortable sometimes. But thinking of our church family as our team or as the Lord as our coach, you know, oftentimes, you know, when things come like to church or to reading the word, uh, time and prayer, you know, we often save that till the end, and it's, ah, oh, I didn't get to it today because I had to do all these other things. People are counting on me. And spiritually, people are counting on us. Our families are counting on us. Our children are counting on us. Um, but it's hard for us sometimes to say, like, uh, and I don't know why I'm, I think I'm picking sports team. I, we had an example um, at home a few months ago. You know, we had a choir program on Sunday morning, and someone had messaged, like, messaged that, oh, I can't. My dumb coach, for some reason, scheduled a game on Sunday morning, and, and I got to go to that instead. And... Um, the question was posed, well, why don't, instead of telling us no, why don't you tell the coach, sorry, I have church on Sunday morning, I can't come to the game, right? And we have in our minds sometimes this pressure, um, even from people, situations outside the church, from work, from bosses, coworkers, uh, where we feel like, you know, it's always easier to say no um, to spiritual things, which we should recognize, though, are the better things for us to take part in. Uh, but for some reason, it's easier for us to cut that first. Uh, so uh, thinking about uh, maybe switching it around instead of recognizing at the end of the day, oh, I didn't have time time to read today, didn't have time to pray, right? Do we look back and could we have 
read and told ourselves, I don't have time to check you know, my multiple social media accounts, or I don't have time to watch this show today, or uh, you know, to do this or do that or go there and go do that. It's harder for us, I th- maybe just for me, uh, but I think it's harder for us to, to think about that and um, to say we don't have time to do those things or to tell other people no uh, for some reason. So let's think about that, how we can maybe rearrange, ask the question to ourselves, could I, instead of saying no to this, could I say no to this and say, now I do have time for these spiritual things and for spiritual growth and time for the Lord um, and, and maybe catch ourselves and, and maybe we do need to lay out on paper our time for our week, for our day, uh, even for the next three days and just see how, how does that change things for us if we write down a, a structured schedule. Uh, I was just talking with somebody before the service how you know, at the college, some of our courses are online, and sometimes they're online uh, live, where you listen to a lecture, you have things due on Thursday and whatever. And then we have some courses uh, which are completely asynchronous. They're 16 weeks long. You, the lectures are posted. You watch them, and you just make sure by the end of the semester you got everything turned in at some point. And, um, you know, there's some college students that, actually a lot of college students, I don't know why they think, um, a lot of college students can handle this, but need to have a whole semester worth of stuff, and they're trying to do it in the last three days um, of the final exams, right? Because they're not budgeting out their time, and there's not somebody there telling them to do that. And sometimes, if we don't write stuff down, put it on a schedule, on a calendar, on an agenda, it's hard for us to keep um, to you know keep things divided out, and then we're trying to do it all at once, or important things get cut out. Um, so those are just some thoughts I had and, and looking at what Paul writes to Timothy here, continuing on in verse 7, uh, there's some important points that he makes and encouragements that I think um, we can use as well here. It says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we've been equipped with this power, uh, the spirit of power, and not one of fear that we can go out and take on each and every day. We can make new goals, see where the Lord leads us, um, in new goals, what he wants us to do, maybe new experiences he wants us to make uh, in this upcoming year. And oftentimes, if it isn't something new that the Lord's laying on our heart, uh, we might initially have some of those fears. Like, I, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. I don't know if I can go talk to that person or um, step up and do this or take on this role. But we have to recognize the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we're equipped with, that we've been given, is not one of fear, but one of power, and we have access to that power of the Holy Spirit living through us. So we need to have confidence in that. Uh, also, in verse 8, along those lines, that in this year, we focus on not being ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, but be, a, but be willing to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, if that would come up. And we see in Paul's case, who is saying, don't be ashamed of me, even his prisoner, and, and being in bonds. And we know Paul's gone through those afflictions. Uh, they're listed in 2 Corinthians 11, I believe, 9 or 11, where he goes through and lists all the different shipwrecks and beatings and um, imprisonments that he's gone through. And, and he can write that here, but making sure that, uh, again, we're, we're not ashamed, we're not afraid, and realize that could be a consequence. But are we, are we putting the will of the Father first, right? Even as Christ prayed that, to let this cup pass from me, 
uh, but if it be thy will. Right? We would like these things to, to pass over us, these afflictions and burdens perhaps, but if it be where Jesus wants us and can use us, uh, we need to be ready and willing to take that on. And why? Because of in verse 9, describing who God is, who hath saved us. God hath saved us through Jesus Christ on the cross. And with it, he's also called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, again, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And tying into Bible class this morning, uh, we touched on the purpose of, of life and in giving honor and glory to God, fulfilling his purpose uh, for creating us. And here Paul is reminding of who God is and what he's done for us and what he's called us to do and why we are here. So thinking about that in our, our mission and our purpose for the year to come and how he can use us. And looking also, uh, continuing on in verse 10, talking about, you know, it ends here, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and reminding who Christ was and what he'd done, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, has given us um, peace, has given us life, eternal life, through his shed blood on the cross. And then talking about the gospel, which again we talked about this morning, the importance of sharing the gospel as well. And Paul says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, where we are all instructed to teach, all instructed to share the gospel, to go out and teach. And Paul here gives the example. Again, you know, he's telling uh, Timothy not to be ashamed, but he also says in verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed even in this suffering that I've gone through. I am not ashamed. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to waver. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul's sharing he's not ashamed and he knows strongly who he believes in and he's confident in the work that the Lord will do. And uh, I love this verse thinking about the confidence that God is always going to show up for us when we show up for him when we do the things that he's asking to do, he's always going to be there for us. He's never going to send us out and then say, go do it on your own. And again, having, we have to have that confidence that we have that spirit living through us and strengthening us. So we can see the example that Paul has for us and, and his writing to Timothy encouraging him uh, with it. And I want to look back at the letter that Paul writes to Timothy, the first letter. Uh, if we look in chapter 4, he gives them some um, great encouragement of, of how to live. And these are things that I think we can focus on in the year to come. And maybe we can assess ourselves here as we read through these verses uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 12. Um, kind of reflect on these. How are we doing these areas? How can we do better? How can we restructure our time in the new year to focus on these things that uh, he encourages Timothy to focus on? So starting in verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Being an example to others. Are we, are we taking on these different aspects that are listed here? Are we showing love? Are we showing that we have that spirit of power living through us and we're not cowering in a spirit of fear? 
And are we showing our faith to others? And can, can they recognize that? And can they see it in our works? As we read in James that um, faith without works is dead. So showing and, and uh, giving example of our faith through the things that we're doing and saying. <clears throat> Continues on here in verse 13. Till I come, Paul is saying, now give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Spending, again, carving out time for reading. Um, for exhortation, for doctrine, for studying, for being sharpened, for growing in the Word. And um, <clears throat> kind of like in terms of setting the time, time aside to, to be practicing, practicing for the Lord's team, if we want to think of it that way. And how much time we dedicate and devote sometimes to a skill that we want to learn, to a talent that we're trying to grow. What about our spiritual talents? And how much time are we putting into getting better at the, the spiritual talents that God's given us, getting better at sharing the gospel, at sharing our testimony, at um, talking, you know, verbally expressing what it is that Jesus has done for us. So setting time aside to do that, to grow in that. And verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of presbytery. So again, don't waste those spiritual gifts. Use them. Let them grow. Get better at them. And then make sure we're setting time aside to use them and to share them with others. Verse 15, to meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. So give yourself plenty of time completely to these gifts, to uh, growing and expanding on them and using them. Um, you know, not rushing through. Not rushing through the Word but really diving in deep, meditating. And finally, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So reflect and grow and sharpen yourselves. Sharpen one another. As we read in uh, Proverbs, I believe, where it talks about iron sharpening iron and, and talking with one another, encouraging each other, and building each other up. <clears throat> Continue in the doctrine. And not only will it benefit yourselves, as it says here, but in so doing, thou shalt both save thyself and those that hear thee. We have the power within us to do the work of the Father to be able to save others as they see the actions and the words and can experience Jesus through us. And that's a, a big responsibility, but it's such a joy to think that we have the opportunity to do that. We have the opportunity to be used for others to be able to be saved. And let's not waste and squander those opportunities or say, I, I wish I had that time back. When the time is there, let's take full advantage of it. So uh, there's just some thoughts that you know, the Lord's laid on my heart as we think about, as we see the encouragement from Paul to Timothy. Hopefully it's uh, been encouraging to you as well and, and to maybe think about how we can reflect on these verses and uh, reflect on the time that we have and how can we better use the time uh, in this upcoming year to focus on the things uh, that Paul encourages Timothy here to do and uh, that we can encourage ourselves to do in the upcoming year, not only for ourselves, uh, but more importantly, for sharing the gospel and Jesus to others as well. May the Lord add his blessing.